Welcome to the Writer Tribe Talk Show with your host, Elsa Kurt. Here's the place we talk about all things writing, publishing, and promoting your book. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the reader in your life, why not check out one of my books? They're all available on Amazon and most major online book retailers, as well as elsacurt.com. And welcome back for another episode of the Writer's Tribe Talk Show. I'm your host, Elsa Kurt. And today, I thought we could talk about imposter syndrome. Um, let me tell you, that thing is a beast. And they're probably, I can't say definitely, but there probably is not an author alive or dead, technically, who has not suffered with imposter syndrome. Are you wondering what imposter syndrome is? You probably already know, but just in case you don't know, it is that overwhelming feeling that you are inferior and inadequate and not skilled at whatever you're doing. And of course, in this case, we're talking about writing books. And um, this is so common. Oh my God. I mean, it's a syndrome. So, you know, lots of people deal with it. Does that make it any easier for you to deal with or for me to deal with? Hmm, I mean, maybe a little bit. It kind of does help knowing that you're not alone in feeling that way. And, and I'm talking about some really big names in the writing world. They have all gone through it. Some will even tell you that they still deal with that when they publish a new book. And we're talking about, you know, people who have published, um, you know, bestsellers and, and um, you know, acclaimed works. It, it's just, um, it's part of the deal. And it sucks. <laughs> to, there's no other way to put it. It simply sucks to feel that way. Um, I can give you a personal story. I, when I first, when I decided to write professionally, uh, to actually put my work out in the universe and let people see it and critique it and criticize it and do all of those things. I did not want to let anybody know that I had written any books. That's kind of contradictory, isn't it? I wanted to put my work out into the universe for people to see and read, but I didn't want anybody to know that I had done that. Does that make any sense to you at all? Well, that was the case. Um, when I started writing, I will we'll go back a little bit to when I actually started writing with intent. And, I, and that's how I always phrase it, um, because I've been writing since I was a kid. And probably a lot of you have also done the same. Um, you've always been a, a writer to some degree. And at some point you decided, well, now it's time to actually do something with this, right? Put it out in the universe. And uh, so when I started doing that, when I really truly sat down and started writing my novel, it's actually right there uh, into the Everwood. It is a, um, I call it a modern day fairy tale for all ages. And um, I loved writing that story. I love the story itself. I love the characters. I love the setting. I love that book so much. Um, it had a lot wrong with it. It probably still has some stuff wrong with it, uh, but there is a point where you walk away and you say it's you're done. But that's a whole other conversation uh, back to imposter syndrome, because that's our topic today. That book took me I probably took me probably about a year to write when it was all said and done. It was probably about a year to write. And um, 
the whole time that I was writing it, I didn't tell anyone, not a single person, except for my husband. My husband knew that I was writing a book. I didn't talk about it. When people asked me what I did or who, you know, what I do, I, I did not say I'm a writer. Um, I listed like 50 other things because I'm always doing 50 million things. Uh, but writer was not one of them. And, you know, what a shame because I had the right to claim that I was a writer. I was writing a book. Um, you're an author when it gets published. So you're a writer. If you're writing, you're a writer. If you publish, if you publish, let's try that again. If you publish, you're an author. Um, but imposter syndrome will not let you believe any of that. It will deny you that right to call yourself those things, even when you absolutely are. So Into the Everwood is a self-published book and uh, I did everything. I mean, everything wrong with this book. I never got beta readers. I never sent it to an editor. I never did any of the things that you all know that you're supposed to do in order to publish a high quality book. I, uh, the original cover, I used um, KDP's um, pre-made covers. Uh, I found out very quickly within, I think, two weeks of it being out in the universe. And that means just on, on Amazon because I didn't promote it. I didn't do anything. I told you I did everything wrong. Uh, I told no one that I did this. How bizarre is that? But it'll go back to the imposter syndrome in a moment because that's obviously where it all stems from. And um, I found out very quickly that the book cover that I had chosen had also been chosen probably by at least a dozen other authors, self-published authors who were like me, complete and total novices and had no idea what they were doing. Um, so I, I, I say this a lot because it's true. I am the kind of person that jumps face first into things and then figures it out after. So that means I make a lot of mistakes usually and have to correct them and fix them. And that's exactly what happened with Into the Everwood. Uh, it was a, a really great story. And, and I'm not shy to say that it is a great story. It has a lot of great elements in it. Uh, it was poorly written. To be perfectly honest, it was poorly written. Um, I learned after the fact about all the unnecessary words that you have to cut out and, you know, oh, so many, so many things uh, I learned after the fact. So the good news is, is that nobody read it. Nobody knew it existed. So it was safe to pull it, pull it from, um, pull it from the ranks of Amazon and, and redo it's still out there in Amazon universe. I mean, trying to get rid of those things is pretty close to impossible. I think I could be wrong. We'll get a professional on here and, and they can correct me on anything that I've said wrong here. Um, but I worked at it. I went, I took it back down. I worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And when it was ready, when I had a professional cover done and did all of the things, uh, I re-released it and I started telling people about it. Um, and, and I'll tell you quite honestly, I would break out in a sweat when I started to tell people about my book and my heart would pound and it, I was filled with dread and anxiety and embarrassment. Um, because I was so afraid of what people were going to say, 
I thought they were going to laugh. Be like, you, you wrote a book. What are you talking about? Um, All of those things. Did anybody do that? No, I don't even think one person. I don't, I don't think a single person said, at least not to my face, (laughs) not to my face. They didn't say maybe behind my back. They did, but you know, that's not my problem. What people say about me behind my back, not my concern. Um, it, It was very gratifying to get the response that I did. Um, I, people went out and bought the book to support me. Um, some of them even read it, even though it wasn't their genre, wasn't their lane, even the ones that are, you know, are self-proclaimed non-readers, uh, read the book. They said wonderful things. They got nice reviews. Um, yeah, you know, all of the things, but technically, technically that stuff doesn't even matter. It matters. Don't get me wrong. Of course it matters. Um, the opinions of others when they're being, uh, when they're critiquing and not criticizing, that's what matters, certainly. And uh, I, I am and was receptive to any insights and I got them. You know, somebody told me right off the bat uh, as I was going through the process of rewriting the book, somebody told me that I went too far into the book in the first few pages without any dialogue, that it needs dialogue. People start snoozing when they don't see, get any dialogue. So that was actually fantastic advice. Um, And I agreed. It made perfect sense that, you know, for this particular book, for this type of book, for most fiction books, you truly do need some sort of dialogue. I mean, even if your character is the only person on the planet, um, they're going to be talking to themselves at the very least, right? The truth is there is no shortcut. There's no quick, easy fix to getting rid of imposter syndrome. It sticks with you. It's something that you always have a twinge of. You're always going to feel that. And in a way, in a strange warped little way, it's actually kind of a good thing. Uh, because it keeps you in check, keeps your ego in check. I don't think any of us have any fear of our egos, you know, getting away with us. Uh, but, but it does keep you humble, and it keeps you aware, and it keeps you striving. I think that is, if you're going to find something good in something that is technically kind of bad and unfortunate, um, what you can take away from that is that it keeps you striving to be better and to be the best that you can be. So that's my, that's kind of my takeaway on, on, you know, one of the ways to deal with um, imposter syndrome and feeling inferior to other authors and uh, people in our lane is that, you know, one, so one, first of all, knowing that every other author feels the same way, that they have doubted themselves, that they have questioned their work, their ability, their talent, they have questioned all of the things that you're questioning right now. Um, one of the biggest things that I hear from people who are writing, uh, who haven't published yet, they're writing, they haven't published their book yet. One of the biggest things I hear from them is, uh, I, you know, I just feel like this, this story has been done before and it's been done better. Other people have written a story similar to mine with this like topic or theme or subject matter. And I just feel like they've done it so much better than I have. And, and my answer to that is, who cares? Who cares? Why do you care? Why do you care if somebody else has done it? Good for them. That is great. Applaud them. Cheer them on. 
um, that's actually a, a bonus. That's a benefit and a bonus in selling your book. Because if that book that somebody, obviously we're not talking about plagiarism. You, you can't copy somebody else's work and call it your own. You have to make it completely your own. Um, you know, changing a few, it's not going to work. Don't do that. Don't, don't write, um, you know, um, Larry, Larry Fodder and the goblet of, you know, whatever. Don't knock off somebody else's work. That's a really bad thing to do. <laughs> and not that I think anybody's going to do that, honestly. But um, something that is similar to somebody else's book that is succeeding and doing well can help you because that's how you sell your concept, your book. And they, you can say things like, well, if you loved um, Harry Potter, then you will really enjoy my book because the theme is similar. It's set in the same, you know, whatever. It's a magician. It's magic. It's whatever. Um that's a great selling point. So it's okay that your work is like something else. I mean, everybody's work at this point is like something else. It's very, very hard, maybe even close to impossible to write. Now it's not impossible. That's not true. It's very challenging to write something that's never been written before. If you take a look and see how many books that are actually out there in the world, um, you will understand how difficult it is to write something that is entirely, completely unique, original, unlike anything else. So don't let that be one of the things that holds you back from publishing your work or pursuing your, your work. Um, as a matter of fact, Into the Everwood, I'm pointing back there at Into the Everwood, um, that book I, I give very... Um, I give nods to my favorites, which were C.S. Lewis um, and Frank L. Baum, um, you know, The Wizard of Oz and um, the Narnia Chronicles and Alice in Wonderland and, you know, all of those great, great, great classics. They get a nod in there because they influenced me. They influenced the story. They influenced my 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 childhood, my whole life. And um, I give nods to them and I acknowledge those nods uh, throughout the book at different times and different ways. Um, you know, there will there are things that are reminiscent of things in other books. And I'm aware of that, but I did it in my own way, in my own spin, and also as a compliment to, to, the, to the greats. So don't be afraid of that. You know, again, we're not plagiarizing we're not lifting somebody else's story and just changing a few details and making it our own. We're truly making a story completely our own. And But you can have those nods and not feel like an imposter, you know, a fake, a phony, or any of those things. So don't be afraid of that. Oh, I, I truly wish there was a magic fix, a, you know, snap of your fingers and poof imposter syndrome is gone. The doubts are gone. The fears are gone. The insecurities are gone, uh, but it doesn't work like that. I, and I know you didn't think that it worked like that, um, but maybe you were hoping that there was something magical to do. And um, the only thing that you can do is embrace it, accept it, and counter those voices in your head that are telling you 
the wrong things. You have to counter the voices that are in your head telling you that you're not good enough or smart enough or talented enough. And you have to battle them with the the truth, which is you are good enough. Um, you are talented. You can do this. And And if your work is truly lacking, if it is not up to par, that doesn't mean you're not going to be a good writer or a good author. There's a huge difference between self-doubt, which is telling you that you can't do this, you're not good enough, you're never going to be good enough, and a voice of reason that says, listen, I have a lot to learn. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep improving. I'm going to do all of the things to become the best writer that I can be. And that includes listening to people who know and, you know, not just Joe Schmo down the street who picked up your book and, you know, doesn't know shit. Uh, I'm talking about people who do this for a living, professionals. You want your beta readers who are not necessarily professionals, but they are, you know, beta readers are people who do a lot, a lot of reading and they can spot good work and they can give you good critiques and tell you what can be improved and how you can improve it. Um, those are voices that you want to listen to. Not the one that says you suck. You're no good at this. You're never going to be an author. You're never going to be good. Who do you think you are? Very, very clear difference in those voices, right? One's constructive, one's destructive. Very clear. So when you hear those destructive voices, whether they're coming externally from other people, which I hope to God, nobody is talking to you that way. Um, because don't no, that's a no. We don't accept that. Okay. Um, or if they're coming in from inside, that's also a no, by the way, you need to stop that right now. <laughs> I'm going to lecture you like I'm your mom. Don't do that. It's not okay. So the minute you hear those voices in your head telling you those lies, because that's what they are. They are lies. You have to stop and tell yourself something better, okay? That's what you do. This is how you fight imposter syndrome. You tell yourself every day, every chance you get about your potential, about your ability, about your skill, about your growth, about your potential. Um, You know, it's the affirmations. You gotta do them. I, I know maybe somebody is listening or watching, whatever the case is, and going, oh God, another affirmations person, ew. No, don't do that. Affirmations are very powerful and they're really good for you. Um, because you know, it's just it's just common sense. It's just obvious, really. If if you keep speaking negative words to yourself or to somebody else, let's let's talk about if you were speaking negative words to uh, to someone else, um, a child. If you were saying negative words to a child over and over and over again, obviously that child is going to grow up believing those things that you have told them about themselves, that it will be, become part of their existence. Well, the same thing happens with us. When you tell yourself something over and over and over again, you have no choice but to believe it. So you're believing a lie about yourself if that voice has been telling you you're not good enough. Um, because guess what? Once again, kind of repeating the same thing, but just in a different way. Uh, if you are actually not good enough, if you are not a very good writer right now, there is nothing in the world that says you can't become a better writer. So 
if you think that voice is telling you the truth, if you really believe that that voice is correct, that your work is not good enough, that doesn't mean dump it in the trash. That means get better. That means get more resources to help you become a better writer. Um, consider getting yourself into a writer's group, a really good one. Um, kind of do your research a little bit and make sure they're a good group who are um, motivating and inspiring and, of course, knowledgeable. So that's very helpful. So quick recap. Um, stop listening to those negative voices or at least turn them into something constructive for yourself, turn them around and start speaking more positive affirmations to yourself. Keep writing. And here's one I don't think I told you yet. Um, Talk about it. Talk about your imposter syndrome. Talk about your doubts and fears. Um, It's like taking their power away when you do that. It, It is amazing how much better you feel almost immediately after saying those words out loud. So I want you to practice that. I want you to pick someone. I don't care who it is. Um, Well, no, I do care who it is actually. Pick someone who is compassionate and kind and caring and wants the best for you. Pick that person and say to them, I don't think I'm good enough to do this and watch what happens. See what happens. See what happens outside from that person. See what kind of response you get and see what changes on the inside. Um, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised and you can come back here in the comment section uh, of this video uh, or audio depends on how you're watching or listening. And you can tell me if I was wrong, you can tell me I was wrong. I'm okay with that. We'll have a little conversation about it. And I will be that person who pep talks you and builds you back up again. So, I mean, it's not a bad deal. So if somebody, uh, if somebody trashes you, makes you feel worse or simply not better, then come on over here and we'll, we'll have a chat. Okay. Does that sound good? Talking to you like you're going to answer me through this. That's not going to (laughs) happen. All right. So listen, here's the deal. I want you to keep writing. I want you to do all of the things despite the fear, because that's what actually bravery is. Bravery is doing things despite fear. And I know that you're brave and I know you can do this. So keep writing. Let people know that's your homework. I'm going to give you homework. I'm giving you homework. Oh my God. It's good homework though. It's good for you. All homework is actually good for you technically. Is it? Mm. I'm going to stick by it. Homework is good for you. Teaches you discipline, right? That's what we tell our kids, don't we? Um, But anyhow, I'm giving you homework. Here's your homework. I want you to do, let's see, two things, maybe three. Let's see. Number one, what do I want you to do? Number one, I want you, if you have not done this already, the next time somebody has a conversation with you and asks, so what do you do? I want you to say, you can say whatever it is you do for a living, whatever it is, you know, the thing that brings in the, the, the money and pays the bills. You can, Obviously, you can say that. But I want you to say, I'm a writer. If you haven't published yet, if you're literally just a, a writer, I don't want to say just a writer, but if you're literally a writer writing something, writing a book with intent to publish, with in, uh, intent to share with the world, I want you to say, 
I'm a writer. And I want you to say it nice and clear, nice and loud. And you're going to be surprised, I think. I think you're going to be very surprised at their reaction. Um, the second thing that I want you to do is if you have, obviously, if you're watching this or listening to this, I, I think it's because you you might have imposter syndrome and you want to know how to deal with it. So um, the second thing I want you to do is do those daily affirmations. Okay. I don't care what you say to yourself. I don't care what it is, as long as it's positive, encouraging, uplifting, motivating. Um, I don't care if you decide to tape things to your bathroom mirror. Um, that's a thing. People do that. I think it's great. I love it. I've, I've posted like quotes and stuff on my mirror, just like put it up there to inspire me. Um, but usually it's just, uh, being very, very mindful of the voice in my own head. And I can just tell you from experience, everything that I've done that I was afraid of, I've felt so much better after, after doing it. Um, you're always going to feel when you do publish, by the way, when you put that book baby out in the universe, you are going to have very conflicted, bizarre feelings. One is going to be elation. You're going to be overjoyed and proud that your book is out in the universe. And the other is a feeling of nausea <laughs> because your book is out in the universe. Uh, it's always a very conflicted feeling. Um, it's just the way it is. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Because all it means is that you're human. And the, uh, the fear of people judging you, um, I, I don't care how confident you are. Like, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty, um, uh, I have, I have, I have good, I have good self-confidence, I guess is all I'm trying to say. It's not arrogance. It's not ego. I'm well aware of my faults and flaws and mistakes and all of the things. And I have been. Um, told, hey, you know, on page um, 24, you have a you have a typo, uh, or, you know, or some kind of some kind of mistake on there, and that brings you down a peg right away. But it also makes you realize that shit happens, and you can fix it, or you can simply move on from it. Whatever the case is, whatever the situation is, um, and it, you didn't die, you didn't die, you know, because there was a mistake and somebody caught it. You're gonna feel embarrassed. Um, you're going to get that sinking feeling in your gut. All of those things are going to happen. And then you're going to find out life goes on. Everything's fine. I'm fine. They're fine. They were not, you know, their life wasn't ruined by my typo. Um, they just moved on with their life and they probably didn't even care that much to begin with. So don't overthink everything. Um, I think I've crammed in all of the um, advice that I can in this episode about imposter syndrome. And um, I, I really do hope that this helps someone because I know there's so many of you out there who are writing um, and they have this great idea and they want to get this story out, but all of these other things are holding you back. So I hope for at least one person that somebody says, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm freaking doing this. I'm doing it. So there. Um, come back here and in the comment section, talk to me, tell me, I want to know how you're doing. 
I want to know how your progress is going. I want to know what obstacles you're facing, what hurdles you're trying to jump over, what your roadblocks are, all of the things. I want to hear about it. So um, come back into the comment section and tell me what's going on with your, your work in progress, okay? All right, we will see you in the next episode. Take care.